You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for Fan Sided and Pro Football Weekly. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can follow us on Facebook where we post every episode. And you can find every episode on our website at Locked On Packers. It is Friday afternoon. The Packers have just wrapped their second training camp practice of 2018. And a couple things have started to emerge. I want to caution everyone against making any sort of sweeping judgments based on two practices, based on one practice. There was a lot of stuff being said in the APC Slack over the last two days. And it's fun to be excited. And it's fun to make observations But let's understand the sample size here. Let's understand that there's only been two days of practices and not to overreact to anything that we've seen. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in the second half of the show when we talk about the experience of some of these young corners, the development of Kevin King, and uh, perhaps a, a desire from the fans to see these rookie corners play earlier than we might actually see them play. But but let's start with something that has perhaps more long-term impact and something that we can extrapolate and say this has meaning and import for the Green Bay Packers in 2018. And that is the revelation, frankly, that Brian Bulaga is expected to be ready for week one. I think the general consensus among Packers writers, reporters, media, observers, um, fans, was that uh, Bulaga, who suffered that ACL injury uh, in early November last year, would not be ready to open the season. This is a 29-year-old offensive lineman who's had multiple major injuries in the past. He is a big man. Uh, Rehab is going to be difficult. I think the expectation is he he was going to start the year on PUP. Or at the very least, that he would not play early in the season. Maybe he wouldn't start on PUP. I mentioned this uh, in the last pod, that maybe you know he would make it the 53-man roster because they thought, oh, he'll be ready by week three or he could be ready for week two or week four. But the Packers' expectation, I mean, and and this is particularly surprising because we're finding this out in late July. They're not even playing uh, the sort of normally cautious wait-and-see approach. And in fact, Brian Bulaga said he feels like he's ready to practice right now. I mean, right now. And that what they're waiting for is that nine-month mark to really start to test it. That is well above the average for what it takes to rehab from an ACL injury. Um, Some recent data suggests that the the average NFL player rehabs in about 10.8 months from an ACL injury. That's when they're back on the field. To expect uh, an offensive lineman, a 320-pound guy who has a history of injury, to outpace that projection, particularly with a historically very conservative and cautious medical staff, just seemed unlikely. So the fact that not only could he be ready for week one, we could see him in a preseason game, we could see him in practice and in a training camp, 
at some point in the next three or four weeks, that's that's pretty remarkable and something that was that was very unexpected. It is an enormous boon for this Packers team because when you look at the roster, Jason Spriggs was going to have to start at right tackle if Brian Bulaga could not go. That is who has who has been there through these first two days of training camp, and and that matters because it, it seems like he is certainly ahead of Kyle Murphy. But when you look at the start of the season, the first three weeks in particular, and you and you want to talk about protecting Aaron Rodgers, the Chicago Bears have a front that can create pressure. Leonard Floyd can come off the edge and create problems. Akeem Hicks up the middle. Eddie Goldman up the middle. They they can be a problem for opposing offensive lines. So having your starting five, that matters. Minnesota Vikings, we know what they possess on the edge with Danielle Hunter and Everson Griffin. They are an incredibly dangerous pass rushing group. And then and then Washington in week three, that's on the road. You've got to deal with Preston Smith, Ryan Kerrigan. They have some dudes that can get after you. Now, week four against Buffalo, not so much. At Detroit, not so much. San Francisco, not so much. And then the bye week in week seven, almost no matter what. I mean, if if this had lingered, certainly, it, it may have been until that week eight game that we saw Bulaga, and it could have been longer. I mean, just because he would have been eligible to come off PUP after six weeks doesn't mean that, that he was a lock to do that. Again, these injuries do not have consistent timetables. So for him to be back and ready is an enormous boost for this team. And I, I want to dovetail that point onto this one. And that is one of the early things that, that can be recognized and acknowledged about these first two days of training camp because it is a continuation of something we saw in the offseason work the, the at least that was that was available to the public in the spring is Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Graham have an immediate connection and we saw it again today at practice it was it was evident on Thursday Rodgers is looking for Graham he's finding Graham he is an enormous target in the middle of the field and they're going to play a lot of two tight end sets. Mercedes Lewis, another big target. And so with Bulaga, now instead of having to be a handcuff to Jason Spriggs to make sure that if the Packers are going up against someone like Griffin or Hunter or Floyd, that they maybe they want to put Mercedes Lewis over there. Now they can put Lewis wherever they want because they can trust Brian Bulaga to handle his matchup. He can beat his guy. Now, I still expect that they'll put Lewis over on the right side with with Bulaga because Bulaga is the better run blocker between him and Bakhtiari, although the both are, are obviously, I mean, they're supremely talented offensive linemen. But to put Lewis and Bulaga on the right side, most teams run right-handed. That is a potentially devastating one-two punch for the Green Bay Packers. And then when you add Graham, who now you can line up anywhere because you can put Lewis anywhere, that creates so much more flexibility for what you're able to do. And even if you want to if you want to play a little bit more traditionally with two tight ends, you can do that and you don't have to say, "Okay, well we have to put Lewis next to Jason Spriggs because Spriggs is not on the field." You don't have to help Brian Bulaga in the run game and that that creates a, an adaptability and a malleability from this offense that is really something that we haven't been able to see because we were not able to get the full Martellus Bennett experience 
he looked good in preseason, and Rodgers was looking for him. And then once the game started, he he had the big catch against Seattle to seal that, and then had a lot of alligator arms, had a lot of drops, had a lot of mental mistakes, did not did not block well, which was supposed to be one of his calling cards. And so that this is this is just such a different situation with Bulaga out there because it it amps up the potential effectiveness of these two new tight ends for the Green Bay Packers. Before we move on, I want to remind you about our Pro Football Focus Edge subscription giveaway. What we're giving away here is access to all sorts of data that you can use with your fantasy team, gambling, daily fantasy, just general wanting to know things about the NFL. I can't tell you how often I open the PFF website and just scroll around. Just check it out. What, what is the data telling us? What, what are we learning? What are we seeing? Who's being underrated? Who's being overrated? Who's playing well that we're not talking about? That data is there. You can find those answers. And, and that doesn't even include all of the fantasy football data that they, can, that they can give to you and help you be a better fantasy player. Beat your buddies with the information the pros use. All 32 NFL teams now have a relationship with Pro Football Focus. So get the information used by NFL teams, trusted by NFL teams, and enter our giveaway. Put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes. I want to get to the the young corners on this team because there's there's two there's two ends of this spectrum right now. After two practices, Kevin King looks like the best corner on this team. And he had to be the number 1 corner last year for a lot of the season simply because the other guys simply couldn't or didn't play well on the outside. Demarius Randall was probably the best cornerback but was mostly a slot corner. And Kevin King is showing why he has the draft pedigree that he does and showing that potential that we started to see glimpses of last year that we thought could be there. And I think part of it is this Mike Patton defense is unlocking this team in a way that we haven't seen before. The excitement externally about Patton has been significant, but it, but it is very evident hearing from these players. Aaron Rodgers talked about an address that Patton gave the team on Thursday night and and what it meant. And he, he basically said, it, you know, I don't want to call it an all-time moment, but it was pretty close. It was up there. Patton has injected life into this team in a way that we just haven't seen before. And that is going to trickle down. I don't want you to overreact, though, to all of these positive reports about Kevin King. This is two practices. And yes, we know that he is a physical marvel and has gobs of physical talent, of tools. We need to see him on the field. And so this is encouraging. It's an encouraging sign. There's no question about it. And I'm not saying don't be encouraged. I'm not saying take nothing about it. We should be more concerned about if he's not playing well than encouraged by him playing well. Now, once the game starts, once we see these guys on the field, then we can start taking things away and start making assessments and judgments. Once we get to that Tennessee Titans game, once we see them on the field against an opponent playing live reps, that's when we can start taking something away from here. I want to flip this to the other end of the spectrum, and that is Josh Jackson and Jair Alexander are not, it seems, at the top of this cornerback depth chart right now. Devon House and Tremont Williams seem to be the base corners. 
when they're only playing with two. And then Kevin King comes in and nickel and Tremont Williams is sliding into the slot. I think most likely that is going to be the way that this team opens the season. And in in dime, it was Rollins, not Alexander or Josh Jackson getting that call. And this is coming off an Achilles injury. A guy who longtime listeners of this show will know I don't think can play corner in the NFL. Now, I don't want there to be an overreaction to that either. Mike McCarthy hands nothing to rookies. And it's why he had privately been very upset that that Green Bay under Ted Thompson didn't sign more veterans. Mike McCarthy doesn't like to hand rookies playing time. He wants them to have to earn it. And we have actually seen that the guys who have had to come in and, and play their way through and earn that playing time and battle competition are the guys who have come through and, and really become star players. Randall Cobb had to earn his stripes. Jordy Nelson had to earn his playing time. Devontae Adams started as a rookie but was benched for Jeff Janis on a number of occasions. Uh, was playing behind Jared Abraderis at times because of his inconsistent play. Kenny Clark has had to earn his place on this field. Blake Martinez had to earn his time. So Mike McCarthy likes these players who have to come in and earn it. And if Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson are playing this year for the Green Bay Packers, it will be because they beat out veteran players. And that should be heartening for Packer fans who look at it and say, well, they should be playing. They're more talented. I agree they're more talented, but they need to know what they're doing. And so if they're able to outplay these guys, then that says something about their that, that says something about not only their talent, but their readiness to compete. If they can beat out these veterans, then it's clear they should have been playing over these veterans. If you just give them the spots, then we don't know for sure that they're good enough. They have to earn them. Now, could Quentin Rollins be bad enough in the games to get benched? Yeah, it happened. It happened against Atlanta. I mean, Kevin King, this is the thing that that I'm talking about here. So Kevin King came into last year playing behind Randall, playing behind House, playing behind Rollins. And then guys like Josh Hawkins, who had excellent preseasons, it was possible to make the case that, that Kevin King was no better than the fifth corner on this roster at times. But in practice, every once in a while, they'd throw him in on a first team rep. And then in week one against Seattle, it was King out there, not Hawkins. And then in Atlanta, when the injury started to hit and when guys started to struggle, when Randall struggled, Rollins struggled, Rollins gets hurt, it's King out there guarding Julio Jones, not, not Demarius Randall, not Devon House. So is that because of his pedigree? Is that because of his talent? Or is that because they ran out of options? Guys just didn't play well enough. I think it's a combination of all of those things. But so in the preseason, because Green Bay went out and signed Devon House and Tremont Williams, they don't have to rush these guys into the starting lineup until they're ready. And that is what Packer fans should want. You should want those guys to play because they're better than Quentin Rollins and Devon House, not because they're first and second round picks. Being a first or a second round pick is not an assurance of the quality of the player. Ahmad Carroll was a first-round pick. He was terrible. I mean, we see this all the time. Just being a high pick, doesn't. Justin Harrell was a high pick. And he wasn't very good. This happens all the time. And so handing them playing time doesn't do anyone any favors. 
It doesn't do the Packers any favors. It doesn't do the players any favors. It might placate the fan base, but that's not how you run a team. If you run a team by assuaging the fears of a fan base, that's how you get fired. That's how you get run out of town, ironically. Because the fans generally don't know. Now, we can think of plenty of times when when it seems clear everyone agrees something should happen and the team doesn't do it. I won't name names, but there's a reason the Packers have a new defensive coordinator. A lot of fans thought that should have happened a lot sooner. I did too. But a lot of fans also thought that the Packers should get a new kicker when Mason Crosby struggled. Mike McCarthy stuck with him. And then two years ago, Mason Crosby hit two of the biggest field goals in franchise history in Dallas to win a playoff game as an underdog on the road against a hated rival. I mean, this... It doesn't always work the way that the fans would would have you believe at times. Oh, they that th- that they know. No, they really usually don't. That doesn't mean the team's always right, of course. They're not. But I don't think it's a bad thing that last year Kevin King had to earn his way onto the field. It took injury and subpar play for him to play. And then he played. And Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson may get on the field for the same reasons this year. But if they do, then they were the right guys to be on the field when they were on the field. But that has to be proven over the the course of the season. The best case scenario, potentially, is that Devon House is just great. And Kevin King is just great. And Tremont Williams is great. And these rookies don't have to play. That seems unlikely. Devon House is just an okay player. He's, He's a fine veteran corner. Quentin Rollins, interesting note on Rollins, though. In dime, and even in some nickel, he was playing linebacker. That sort of star role that we see in college, you can call it nitro. Mike Patton, is, his, his nickel formation, I don't want to get too in the weeds on this, but he's playing with three defensive linemen and an outside linebacker and basically a four-man front. And then instead of taking an inside linebacker off the field, which is what usually teams do in nickel, especially three, four teams. You keep both your outside linebackers, you keep your defensive line, and you take an inside backer off the field. Well, instead of doing that, Pettin is playing with both of his inside linebackers and adding a corner. So it's a four-man front, two linebackers, three corners, and two safeties. Well, in Dime, what he's doing is playing Rollins instead of Jake Ryan. And so it's basically the old Nitro formation. Or, or, or as a similar version of it. Muhammad Wilkerson being given the opportunity right now to play as an outside pass rusher, which, by the way, I love. He looks svelte. He was an outside pass rusher at Temple that was, uh, frankly, playing out of position in, in the, the New York Jets scheme. But they let him come off the edge at times, and he was very effective at doing that. If he can get back to doing that, then all these questions about what Green Bay is going to do outside at, at outside linebacker, those questions can start to be tamped down a little bit. And that that would be a game changer. I think that's where Rollins has to make this team because I do think over the next few weeks and in the games, Josh Jackson and Jair Alexander are going to make plays. And there's not going to be a spot for Rollins on this team if he's going to make it. And this could be interesting. Green Bay could only keep three inside linebackers. And instead of, as I predicted, someone like Ahmad Thomas, who did have a, a really nice pass breakup on fourth down uh, on Friday... 
I thought he had a chance to make this team. Well, maybe instead they play Rollins as that sort of rangy overhang defender in the dime package next to Blake Martinez, and he's covering tight ends. He's playing in the box. He's he's blitzing, which is something he was really good at as a rookie. That's a role that I think he could actually play in the NFL. If he's going to make this team, that's where he has to be. But the, the broader point here is, do not worry about whether or not these rookies are practicing or getting reps with the first team yet. Just don't worry about it. Kevin King was not getting reps with the first team the first week of training camp. And even going into the year, it didn't look like he was going to have be anywhere near the field. And then all of a sudden he was week one and was starting, essentially started the second half of week two. Things can change in a heartbeat in the NFL. All right, we're going to be back Monday, and the schedule is going to change. This was a little bit wonky this week because we didn't have training camp. We did the Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Next week, because there's just training camp and no games. There's The Titans game is not until the 9th, which is two weeks from yesterday. So we're going to do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday next week, and no Friday show unless news breaks. And then the following week, is going to be a little bit wonky. That first week of August, we're going to do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday so that we can come back on Friday and talk about the game. Rather than do five shows, I think that's a little bit aggressive for the first week of the preseason. But Wednesday, we can talk, we can preview it. And then that'll, that Wednesday show will have the shelf life of all of Wednesday and then into Thursday. And then Friday, we can talk about what we saw in that Titans game. A lot to get to. And by then, we'll have a lot more information about training camp, who's been playing well and who hasn't. Again, don't overreact to anything you've seen in these first two days. But do go to acmepackingcompany.com to check all that stuff out. Fansided.com, SB Nation, Pro Football Weekly. There is a wealth of information out there. Don't let it overcome you. Don't let it overwhelm you. Just enjoy it. This is this is the fun part of the preseason. So enjoy it. Follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook and always stay Locked on Packers.